Hey guys, if you live in the Midwest, we wanted to make sure that you know about our Indiana Awakening Weekend. It's going to be April 21st through 23rd. We're going to have Jeremiah Johnson and Benjamin Dietrich here at our Father's house in Avon, Indiana. It is going to be an incredible time. We are seeing the Lord move in powerful, powerful ways. You do not want to miss what the Spirit is doing right now. We would love to see you there. If you want more information about it, you can head over to ourfathershouse.com and all the info you need is there. Hey guys, this is Paul and Taylor Johnson in the Bible Revival Podcast. Come on. Welcome, welcome. We're so excited to have you listening today. Um, Today we're going to jump into a little bit of what it looks like to host the Holy Ghost in our corporate gatherings. Um, We found as we've started meeting with some pastors and leaders in the area and different things that there's just a lot of like, okay, we want more. Mm -hmm. How on earth is this done? How does this get done without it turning into, you know, all the fears start coming up. It's going to be a circus. It's going to get out of order. And um, so we want to give some, you know, practical biblical advice to how you let the Holy Spirit flow in your church services, but still remain in order. Yeah, that's good. So 1 Corinthians really 12 and 14 are critical to understanding having a paradigm for uh, God moving corporately. Um, I find that some people have a grid for the Lord doing things in their personal life or in their devotional time, Um, but translating that into a corporate worship service Mm -hmm. is quite a jump for people. Mm -hmm. So um, 1 Corinthians 14, 26 is a really important uh, passage. Uh, Paul begins the the scripture by asking a question. He says, what is the outcome then? Or what is the result? And what he's referring to is, what's the result of the gifts being given, of people having something to share and say, and God moving? And, and, you know, 1 Corinthians 12, 7 says that the manifestations of the Spirit are given for the common good. So each one has a gift, has something to um, potentially share. Um, Really, it's a total paradigm shift already, if you lean into this, that everyone might come and be able to participate and get in uh, the river of what God is doing, as we would say, which that's not just like charismatic lingo. That's John 7. Jesus says, from your innermost being will flow rivers of living water. It says, and he spoke this of the Spirit, Mm -hmm. which was not yet given. And we know that when he ascended, that the Holy Spirit was poured out on the day of Pentecost in Acts 2, and that he's still pouring out his Spirit because that was his promise to us. So um, what's the result when you gather this first Corinthians? 1426 he says when you assemble each one has a psalm a teaching a revelation has a tongue or an interpretation let all things be done for edification okay a couple of quick points here it says when you assemble it doesn't say when you attend This is a huge issue we have is so many people are just attending church. Mm -hmm. Assembling is getting together for a corporate purpose. Assembling to see God move. I mean, the thought that you should actually show up to your church meetings filled up and ready to pour out is a total shift for people that all your life you've perhaps been modeled and it's been shown that you show up empty and dry and hurting and you come in and you just need someone to feed 
feed you God's word and tell you what God is saying and you're you're looking to be refreshed. I mean, people when when you leave a church or you are disappointed with a church because you're not being fed, you're actually broadcasting your own immaturity because God wants you to be able to feed yourself and grow in Christ. This doesn't mean that you don't have bad days or yes. times where the body doesn't encourage you, mm-hmm. but the the general um, sense and the goal is to assemble with a purpose, to assemble to see God move, to assemble to have a psalm, a teaching, a revelation, a tongue. Let all things be done. And I know we we love, I mean, listen, 1 Corinthians 14, 40, that says all things are to be done properly and in order. Um, this <laughs> is one of the texts that people that don't have any flow use to excuse a, a dry riverbed yeah. because they fear, well, what if the what if the river uh, overflows the banks? And it's like, well, guys, it's it's really dry right now. So why don't you get a flow <laughs> going first? Why don't you get some people uh, starting to demonstrate, starting yeah. to get activated, uh-huh. starting because really, I mean, Taylor touched on this, but um, one of the primary reasons why the Holy Spirit is restricted and hindered uh, in corporate gatherings is because of fear. And what what is the uh, primary manifestation of fear? Control. Control is a huge issue and controlling church leaders Mm -hmm. who are afraid of what if God starts moving? What if people get uncomfortable? And that right there reveals the paradigm that it's, it's really about people. Yeah, it's not about true. God. So unfortunately, we have traded our birthright for presence and power for a bowl of entertaining people, trying to keep them happy. I know this is a little bit edgy, but this is the <laughs> way I live and this is how I think because this is what scripture teaches. Yep. And honestly, my heart burns for God to be the main attraction in his church once again. Not the pastor, not the preaching, not even the music, not the programs, but Jesus Christ himself, people assembling together. I mean, in the verses before 1 Corinthians 14, 26, it says, if an unbeliever enters your meeting, that's a total shift. If you're, if an unbeliever comes in to where you're assembling and, and there's prophecy going on, if all prophesy, he's convicted by all, he's called to account, the secrets of his heart are disclosed, he falls on his face, he worships God, declaring God is among you. Our paradigm, the reason why um, you have to trade the old wineskin of entertaining or trying to reach the lost or, you know, churches for unbelievers. No, churches for God and it's for saints. It's the gathering of the saints. It's the gathering for uh, those that are calling on the name of the Lord. This doesn't mean that people can't get saved in a service. No, actually what this is teaching is that if the power of God is being made manifest in your midst and an unbeliever should enter, that salvation happens, that there's a, a falling down on their on their face. But I think what we've tried to do is keep the Holy Spirit in a box and try to um, push him into a back room. We've tried to uh, do a PR job on God, quite frankly, and the Lord is wanting to break out and move mightily, but it requires us to yield. It requires us to lay down our plans and agendas and to say, God, we 
just want you. The way we're doing things is not working. Mm -hmm. It's not really reaching people. We're seeing minimal fruit and people go in and out and the church is a revolving door. We want you. God wants back in his church, y'all. Yeah. So just to circle back to 1 Corinthians 14, 40, it says, but everything should be done in a fitting and orderly way. We always like to talk about that. It says, but everything should be done. So everything that the scripture was talking about before of people coming and participating and um, having a hymn and having a teaching and having a prophecy and having a tongue, all of those things should be done. So we've seen a lot that um, pastors and leaders use that scripture to say like, well, we don't want to be out of order. And it, again, to Paul's point about the, like, we don't want the riverbanks to overflow. It's like, well, we don't even have a river flowing. So you can't justify not getting in one ditch because you're in the other ditch. Right. So what before we go to verse 40 and say, but everything should be done in a fitting and orderly way, our question would be, is anything even being done? Because yeah. that's the first part of that scripture. So, Paul, what are some ways practically that you can steward the Spirit in a corporate gathering. Yeah, there's a lot more to say um, theologically and yeah, biblically, but I'll just try to be um, practical. So what this looks like for us is we pray, we plan, yes. we prepare. I mean, we spend a lot of time mm -hmm. because we, we do want to give God our best and mm -hmm. we do want to study hard and pray. and, and But we, we show up on, uh, let's say on a, a Sunday morning, that's what everybody thinks of, so we'll just use that. We show up to a meeting and we plan, we prepare, we pray, mm -hmm. and then we yield. Yes. You have to be willing to yield the order of service. Okay, dead religious tradition is alive and well in the order of service. Yep. Where it's embedded most deeply is in church leadership structures, yes. which are not biblical in their paradigm, and also in the order of service. Because really, we have orchestrated things in such a way where it's no longer a body, it's actually a business. And the church, instead of being an organism, is an organization. And she's running, you know, the, the, the tight time frame that, that God wants to push beyond the borders of the clock, beyond. But it's like, again, you start thinking about schedules and what are people going to do? And, and, and pastors and leaders get afraid. If, I, if we begin to do this, like if God breaks out, like people will leave. And it's like, I mean, I just want to encourage you that if the Lord moving powerfully causes people to leave your church, let them leave. Yes. Say bye-bye and keep moving forward because mm -hmm. your job is to steward the presence of the Lord. Your job is to create an environment and an atmosphere where young and old, men and women, no matter where people are from, lost or saved, are, are coming in, getting filled with the Holy Ghost and experiencing God's power mm -hmm. uh, made manifest and they're, they're coming into the reality of the kingdom of God. That's your job. I, this is why we say host the Holy Ghost. If yeah. we would just confess that we've been hosting people, and not only have we been hosting people, we've been hosting lost people, so and the good. church has traded equipping saints for entertaining 
people that don't even know the Lord, mm-hmm. people that are that are um, just wanting to. I, I love what A. W. Tozer says. He says we can't afford to lower standards of holiness and righteousness in the church for people that still want to go to hell and go to church anyway. Yeah, that's so good. And I'm gonna let Paul keep hammering away. Um, but I just want to give some context because I think sometimes people can listen to this stuff and be like, oh, they just I go to an extreme. So at our father's house, which is our church here in Avon, Indiana, we had a marriage ministry morning just this past weekend. And we had a photo booth at it and we had donuts and we had fun. And we, you know, believe in healthy marriages and healthy families. So this isn't, you don't have to choose like yes. you don't have to choose community or spirit or the big one bible or spirit because yeah. they're not enemies yes. they're both birthed from the same god you know the holy spirit is god and the bible is the written word of god like mm-hmm. they're not in mm-hmm. competition with one another that's right um so you know choosing to let the Holy Spirit have free flow doesn't mean you lose family, doesn't mean you lose community. I just want to debunk yes. all those lies yes. that um, kind of come out about spirit-filled churches. Yeah, and um, I-, I would say, too, that freedom doesn't mean free for all. And so yeah, we're not true. talking about a circus. Um, yes, there's order. So part of how we steward the spirit is we have uh, someone or, or people, you know, the elders in the church are, are helping to steward the flow of the spirit and, and the presence of God. And again, we yield the plan. So at our father's house, we've had meetings where, I mean, we started with communion because we yep. felt like that's mm-hmm. what the Lord said. Hey, put the whole meeting under the blood of Jesus. Yes. So we receive the body and blood. We've had times where... We began to pray. We gave an altar call. I mean, in the middle, like 15 minutes into worship, people come down. People start uh, manifesting demonic uh, um, influence and power, and they're hurting. And we begin to pray. We begin to lay hands on them, break it off of them. Um, You know, prophecy breaks out. And this isn't like 80 people uh, prophesying at the same time, and no one one knows (laughs) what's going on. This is if someone feels like they have a corporate word, for the body they um, will come up and they will submit the word to whoever is stewarding the service and then it's the job of the leader stewarding the service to discern and hear and so that becomes kind of a filter because you still have to give an account for what is said and what has happened I know everyone's afraid of false doctrine Uh, people are are, um, so afraid of being deceived that they actually don't trust the Lord because the Holy Spirit guides us into all the truth. Mm-hmm. And Jesus actually never told us to be afraid of being deceived. We should be on guard. We should be sober minded. But I think the fear of being deceived isn't how you not isn't how you avoid getting deceived. Yeah, it's good. trusting the Holy Spirit. It's fanning his presence and his ministry into flame and allowing him to move. So um, we have had uh, meetings that were 90 minutes long and the Lord moved mightily, and there was a sense of completion mm-hmm. that God uh, was here and and moving. And there, and you know, we said, "Hey, if you feel led to, to stay, to pray, to um, you know, wh- whatever people fellowship, people went out to lunch. Um, we've had meetings that were four and five and six hours long, um, <laughs> but that immediately challenge challenges our American concept and construct for um, I I. 
actually I'm on a schedule. Yeah. I have better things to do. Mm. And the Colts or whatever your professional <laughs> football team is kicks at one o'clock and we got to go. And, and what it does is it, it brings into view the idol of our schedule, mm-hmm. of our routine, mm-hmm. because routine is the bedrock for dead religious tradition. Mm-hmm. It has to happen on my schedule. You just heard the story uh, uh, in the last episode of our three-year-old is is laying on his face at ten thirty at night. Their bedtime is eight thirty. Yeah, but we, we love schedule. We do love schedule, <laughs> but it's like, man, when God is moving, throw out the schedule because mm-hmm. really, I don't have anything better to do. I just want the Lord to move in power and Jesus to be glorified yes. mightily. Yes. yes. So hopefully, at this point, you're feeling fired up, <laughs> excited, Come hopeful on. for what the Lord can do in our corporate services. But I think something that you have to recognize is none of this happens because of striving, and none of this happens because of flesh none of this happens because we get worked up in our emotions if we go to the book of acts in acts 1 verse 14 it says they are all joined together constantly in prayer constantly in prayer all joined together constantly in prayer so you want to know the blueprint of how to get the holy spirit to move in your services pray you have to pray and you have to make prayer a priority. Yes. And Paul talks about a lot like prayer is the most unmarketable thing in the world. We have corporate prayer um, at our building several times a week. And most of the time we don't even have a live worship. It's just literally music playing over the speakers and we join together and pray. And like, how do you market that? Come and seek God. Right. Yep, that's it. We are coming for God, not for us. We are completely changing our mindsets that church is for us, and we are recognizing that church is for God. And when we take time to pray, we are building ourselves up in our most holy faith, but we're also we're shifting things. You know, I pray constantly over the um, Hendricks County, the Indianapolis region. You know, through prayer, the Lord has revealed things to us about different principalities in this area. And, you know, we go to war in prayer. And we believe that the battles that are won in our Sunday morning services are actually won in prayer beforehand. Um, So you have to make prayer a priority. Paul talks about a lot that we have longed for Acts 2 power without Acts 1 prayer. We cannot have it. They, it goes in that order. You get the power from the prayer. So you're not going to see the Holy Spirit moving powerfully in your body, in your church, if you are not prioritizing the place of prayer. Yeah, prayer is essential. And I think hunger, which comes from the place of prayer, mm-hmm. you know, um, like Taylor was saying, it's um, people will come for teaching. They'll come for more yeah. information. Mm-hmm. But intimacy with God is a hard sell. Yeah. And I think that's the problem. That's the issue that we're facing. That's the carnality that feeds boredom and apathy and indifference and complacency in our churches that has to break in the place of prayer, in repentance before the Lord, crying out to God and wanting to see him move. I mean, I love something that Eddie James sings in one of his songs. He says, what we have is not working and what we're doing is not changing anything. That's a confession of yes. honesty. Yeah. That, man, 
Be it doesn't mean that it's all totally a fail. Mm-hmm. And, you know, listen, God is gracious. He does work. He does move even in structures that limit him, that quench him at a certain point or that are ruled by the clock instead of ruled by Christ. I mean, he, he does yeah, uh, function because he's gracious because he does want to move and minister to his people. But we're talking about throwing off the restraints, taking off mm-hmm. the seatbelt sign and really freedom in the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. taking over over um, your your life, your your family, your your services, everything, and it's when we yield to Him. I mean, that's a key word in this whole discussion. Is we pray, we plan, we prepare, but we yield and we say, Holy Spirit, have Your way. Because when we gather, especially corporately, which is what this episode is about, we're just saying, God, we want to give You what You want. Now, how do we do that? And the Lord will show you and he'll speak to you. It'll be outside of the box. But once you cultivate a culture uh, and an environment and atmosphere, uh, people at our father's house just expect the Lord to do something awesome. And we don't even know what that's going to be. Yeah. We've had so many meetings for so many years where mm-hmm. people get the DNA. They, mm-hmm. they have it down inside of them. Mm-hmm. So their expectation isn't for a service to happen in a 65, 75, 90-minute time frame. Mm -hmm. Their expectation is for God to move mightily, change hearts, lives, heal, deliver, save, and set free. And we have a lot of fun. Yeah, it's it. it, Church, God's way is a blast. It it is amazing. Mm -hmm. And I just want to encourage anyone that if you're like, oh my goodness, how would we ever transition to this? Like we're so far from what they're speaking to. When we first planted our father's house you know we were in our living room and then we were in a small strip mall space and in those early days there was so much teaching there was so much i mean we had to explain to people why you raise your hands in worship you know all these things and all through worship as i would be leading i would be giving explanation to what we're doing and why we're doing it and Mm -hmm. you can't get frustrated with people because they don't know Right. We were plowing and cultivating that culture. Yes. And it took a long time. Yes. So if you want to see this in your church that you're leading, don't expect it to change overnight. You know, if your body is used to one thing, it's going to take exampleship. It's going to take teaching. It's going to take a lot of time for them to understand, wait, why are you changing things? Why do you want this? You know, so don't get frustrated with the process. Yes. That the Lord will take you and your church through as you go from, you know, you having every minute planned out to making room for the Holy Spirit. Yes, that's so good. And I just have to share this just as we wrap it up today. Um, the Lord is really in this. I'm, I don't. We don't know who we're talking to here. Okay, so I'm just <laughs> going to release this. But I do feel like the enemy has a strategy that when people are aboard a sinking ship, that he comes to convince them to right the ship so that they go down with the ship. Mm-hmm. And I want to tell you something. If you are in a dead, stale, dry church where you do not have the authority yeah. to shift the culture, mm-hmm. um, you are essentially trapped and you, you're going to have a really difficult time. You're going to think, well, we're going to right the ship and we're going to change that. And it's like, mm-hmm. we have seen so many people get chewed up and spit out and burned and wounded and hurt by trying to shift a body or an environment that they don't have the authority to do that 
and it ends up negative and they go down with the ship. And so I just want to encourage somebody, perhaps your assignment isn't to right the ship. Perhaps your assignment is to say, God, we're sailing on open seas. We're trusting you. We're believing you for uh, something new and something fresh and to trust him. But I just want to encourage somebody, like if you've not been given the authority, like God doesn't want you to undermine and usurp authority Mm -hmm. and start causing chaos and havoc and like Mm -hmm. that like that's the kind of stuff that doesn't the holy spirit's not going to lead you uh to division and slander and anger and uh, like Mm -hmm. all those things like don't do that yeah i love what um i think francis frangipan says it really well he says too many potential kingdom shakers remain in lifeless churches simply because they desire the security of familiar faces more than the truth of Christ. So I just want to encourage you, follow the truth, follow the Holy Spirit, be obedient to the Lord, allow him to um, guide you into all the truth and provide and and open new doors um, if that be the Lord's will. But I really want to warn somebody strongly, don't try to right the ship. You'll end up going down with the ship if it's already sinking. Um, God will provide a way and make a way for you. Mm, Yeah. We love you so much. Thank you for listening, guys. Have a a great day in Jesus. We pray you're encouraged. If this has been a blessing to you, like, subscribe, share it with somebody. Um, We believe God is stirring a Bible revival all over uh, the nation and the world, and the church is returning back to biblical foundations. Yeah, let's be people who host the Holy Ghost. Come on.